Hebrews 4, 12 through 13 reminds us, for the word of God is alive, alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Let's pray. Lord, we are mindful too that we are completely laid bare before you. And as you are with us, we recognize your holiness in comparison. Oh, wow, we need you. We need your forgiveness. We need your mercy and your grace. Lord, we honestly can look at ourselves and realize all the things that we have done that, that have not been something that has brought you glory by the ways we have not loved others or the ways we have thought of self first. Lord, forgive us. you today that your people can be together that this family can be together and be honest we don't have to hide anything before you because all is laid bare already thank you lord amen let me read something for you from second corinthians 5 17 therefore if anyone is in christ he or she is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come as you are here today right now you are already being made have already been made into something new i know it feels often in our lives we're just keep decaying things keep keep getting slower and older and we keep moving towards these barriers that we cross the promise of god is that even right now you have been made into something new or we could say like this that your eternal life has already started now so let's praise the one who has given us this grace. Praise the one who makes all things new, our Lord and Father Jesus.
Lord, our prayer now is that you would be with us as we, as we gather around your word, that as your, as your mouth has opened and spoken, so we would be the ones that have the ears to hear, and that your words would descend into our hearts, affecting how we live now, what we think, what we see, that we would better understand who you are, who you have created us to be and do, and to what we have been called. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, just a quick uh, announcement. We're going to have the kids go ahead and head off to their special time of Sunday school. Head out in the back. Pastor Christy is going to be taking you out. Yeah, Karan, you guys can go that way if you want, or you can hang out. And uh, also, during the week, we have kids here on campus every single day because Urban Promise Los Angeles is running right now a daily uh, called Camp Rise daily and if any of you are looking for a way to volunteer uh you're you're sitting at home you're like oh it'd be great if i could invest in my community and and this next generation they they are always looking for adult volunteers to come and help um, manage the kids or if you want to bring something over to um to surprise maybe all of the street leaders those high schoolers maybe maybe what you would want to do is just bring a whole box of in and out shakes over and just hand them to those street leaders. I know they will feel very blessed by that. So any way that you can think of to be a blessing, that camp started last week, it runs for a couple more weeks, so you have time to, to use your imagination to bless what's happening here. We're gonna jump now into our time with, with the word, and today we're going to be looking at um, scriptures that uh, are from what's called the prophet Amos. And this is one of those, those people that God raised up to speak to Israel. One of those people that, that God had called to give a specific word, and typically the word was hard. Typically the word was very hard for Israel to hear because God was coming to correct them and to put them back on the paths that would bring them success and blessing. So Amos has already begun doing this work of teaching, of, of sharing what God would have um, Israel do. And what we're going to read now is the response to that teaching, particularly by those who were in charge. And, and one person in particular, you'll see his name here, um, Amaziah, he was the priest. He was the priest in this particular area where Amos is, is sharing this word of the Lord. And you're going to see Amaziah is not, very, is not very flattered by these words. In fact, he sees them as a threat. Okay, so we're going to read now what happens after Amos shares his word of correction. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent a message to Jeroboam, king of Israel. Amos is raising a conspiracy against you in the very heart of Israel. The land cannot bear all his words. For this is what Amos is saying. Jeroboam will die by the sword, and Israel will surely go into exile, away from their native land. Then Amaziah said to Amos, Get out, you seer. Go back to the land of Judah. Earn your bread there, and do your prophesying there. 
Don't prophesy any more at Bethel, because this is the king's sanctuary and the temple of the kingdom. Amos answered Amaziah, I was neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I was a shepherd, and I also took care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord took me from tending the flock and said to me, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Let's give thanks to him for it. The biggest problem in your life and the biggest problem in this world is not only sin, is not only that things are broken, is not only that because of the actions that humanity takes, we hurt one another and we hurt creation. The, the big problem that we have is also that God speaks to us into that brokenness and humanity does this. That's the big problem. The big problem is not that we have issues. The big problem is that God has spoken into this world. In fact, God has come into this world. The light entered into the darkness. But people chose darkness. As we read scriptures, we're doing something that, if you're in theological world, is called special revelation. General revelation has to do with you recognizing the beauty of the world and seeing that it points to God. When you think about the stars and how, if you've studied these things and how many stars there are, how far away there are, I can't even begin to explain. Caleb will ask me sometimes, how, how long would it take to get to the next galaxy? And just, it, he doesn't yet have even the, the ability to conceive how many light years, even what a light year would be. It just, the magnitude of this creation is called general revelation, and it points to God. When you stand at something like the Grand Canyon, and you look over and just see how small you are, those moments that, that cause you to say, oh my God. This is amazing. General revelation. Special revelation is like we see here with Amos. It's when God speaks directly and explicitly in words that we are supposed to understand directly to us. All of the truths that you can pull out of the scriptures, that's special revelation. That is something that we don't have to guess about. Jesus came as the very word of God and spoke in a language that we understand, which disciples of his recorded and passed down to us to this day. We can read it and we can understand exactly what Jesus said. That's what we know by special revelation. The problem isn't that we don't have a God who speaks to us. The problem is not that we don't have a creator that has taught us what it means to be growing up as a youth or, or to be learning how to be good citizens and, and work and, and what it means then to retire and, and live fulfilling lives and, and, and to look forward to being with him forever. The problem is not that God has not given us what it is for us to do and be. The problem is that we do this. 
There are two amazing accusations that, that, Amos, that Amaziah brings to, to Amos as he is preaching his, his word. We're going to look at those. But first, we need to understand the gospel and how great it is that Jesus came into this world to not just, to not just medicate our pain, but that Jesus came into this world, as Bonhoeffer would say, to put a spoke in the wheel of evil, to make it stop. That the Lord Jesus would come into this world with justice. Now, what's the problem with justice? Justice looks excellent to someone who's being oppressed. To whom does justice not seem like a great idea? The oppressor. <laughs> to the one who has not, justice is what you pray for and yearn, yearn for. To the one who has, to the one who has to the expense of the other, justice would mean, and this is biblical language, a tipping of the scales into something that is in balance. The word justice or righteousness in scripture has the idea of a balancing scales where you, you know you've seen those before, you put something heavy on one side and then something else on the other. And if one side's too heavy, it makes the scales go up. That's injustice. What God brings is justice where everything balances out, where everything is reconciled. To those who are down here, you yearn for the day of justice. To those who are up here, the day of justice actually means losing. And so to power, to power the idea of Christianity, that God will make all things as they're intended to be just, it isn't always received with happiness. Now, Amaziah comes into the picture here, and he, he's bringing forth two accusations against Amos, and this I want us to recognize in our own world and even in our own lives, because we need, we need to receive this peace and this grace of Christ. It's something that I yearn for every single one of you and anyone that our church will be able to touch, is to be able to know that in the broken, that, that in the suffering, that, that in the things that you know are wrong in your life, that Christ is there and is bringing justice. But Amaziah says the land cannot bear all his words. Part of the reason that the gospel doesn't touch as deeply as it can in some of our lives and the main reason it doesn't go across the world like a burning flame is because we tend to think that if I were to conform my life completely to what Jesus wants, if, if I were to stop everything and just spend that time figuring out what Jesus wants, we tend to believe that our hearts would not be able to bear God's words, that our lives and how we have decided to live them would not be able to bear the burden of Christ. We talked about last week that keeping God in a box. This is why. We'll, we'll be here on Sunday. We'll let God out for a moment. We'll, we'll, we'll touch it. But then a lot of the rest of our week, we believe that the words of the Lord 
would be too heavy a burden upon us. Because of that justice piece, because of that call upon us seeing the way of the Lord as, as, as demanding upon our every action. And the second thing that he says to, to Amos, get out, you seer. <laughs> you seer, that's supposed to be some um, derogatory name to Amos. You seer. Go back to the land of Judah, earn your bread there. Why he says this, there were many prophets in the day who were professional ministers, people who actually earned their living by speaking for the Lord, kind of like a pastor. Amaziah is identifying Amos as one of these people who is simply there to speak something authoritative in order to manipulate the people into wanting to support him or to support the particular church. The claim here is that there is no real special revelation. The claim here is that the Christian message is just one message among many that I don't really need to pay attention to because all they really want to do is just manipulate me, open up my pocketbook, and make me sit and listen to some guy or girl talk for forty half hour every Sunday. There was a guy who was... Uh, fishing. Nice big river. The water is moving pretty fast. In fact, so fast that he wouldn't get in all the way. He was fly fishing and he got a few feet in. He didn't want to get in all the way. And as he was there enjoying his day, suddenly he heard the sound of a child yelling and crying out. He looked upstream and, and he saw there was a child coming down the river in the water obviously in distress. So he got a large branch and reached out, and, and as, the, as the child was coming down, he saw the fear and the terror in the child's eyes. Reached out with his branch, got, got the child, bring, brings the, the, the young boy to the shore, rescues him. Not long after he's finally got this boy on the shore, he hears two more children screaming, looks out, and then two more kids are coming down the river. A young girl and a young boy. So once again, he, he reaches out and, and he saves these two children and puts them on the shore. Not long after that, he hears another cry out, and two more children are coming down the river. Now, eventually, eventually, the role of this person is not just to save the children coming down the river, but what? To ask the question, why are there all these children coming down the river? What is going on here? Because that means there is someone or some reason up this river that children are falling in and, and are being put in such danger. In our lives... We often go at the level of medicating what hurts us. We often go at the level of trying to uh, move through life, trying to get enough happiness in there that it outbalances, that it outweighs the suffering. We try and hold on long enough in our lives with our health so it continues to outweigh our, our decay. You see what I'm saying here? All throughout our lives, instead of trying to be in a position of getting to the deeper problem, why are the children coming in the river? 
Instead of that, what we do in our lives is we tend to figure out how can we just keep that balance enough, up enough so that we remain happy as we go. Friends, that's not why our Lord Jesus came into the world. That's not why Jesus came. God's purpose is not to just ease your pain. What does God do? Did you know that the meaning of Jesus, the actual word Jesus, is God saves? That's what Jesus means. God saves. God does not and is not interested in simply being some sort of a philosophical or a psychological help in your life to get through. Jesus and the way of Christ is not some latest and greatest counseling method. It's also not some near Eastern religious meditation practice. It's not some way to just leave the world behind and enter into some other space. No, Jesus came into the world to save the world. Not just that we would transcend it and somehow live beyond it or somehow escape it. Jesus' promise is that he came to save this world. And when he comes again, he's going to redeem, make it all new. We're intended for this world. Your lives are intended to be good. Remember when God created humanity? He said it was very good. In all those days before that, all of the things that we know and enjoy, he called good. And he came to save it. His intention is not to just help you with another method in your life to get by and keep your happiness factor up a little bit. He came, Jesus, to be a savior. Amaziah was pushing on Amos, saying that he had nothing to offer, that he could just leave and go make his bread somewhere else, make his money somewhere else. What I want to encourage you today, and this is what Amos does, is to pull back the curtain. Have you seen The Wizard of Oz? There's a, there are three, there are three characters. One is what? A tin man, one is a scarecrow, one is a lion, and then of course, Dorothy. And they're trying to find a way to get out of Oz. And they come to a, what they think is an all-powerful wizard who is supposed to help them escape. And he's given them these tasks to do, like go steal the broom of this powerful and wicked witch. And they do this, and they come back, they have the broom, they're ready to escape Oz, and this wizard is not content. But who's the hero in the movie? little barking dog Toto. What does Toto do? He runs up to a curtain and he pulls the curtain back and what, who is there? There's a man there manipulating everything behind the scenes. I encourage each and every one of you to pull back the curtain on your faith and on this church. Amos does this in response 
to Amaziah, he says, I was neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet. Look, I, I wasn't even going to do this. This is nothing I wanted to do. I had no intention of bringing you the gospel. I had no intention of bringing you this message of reconciliation. Uh, this was not my plan for my life. But I was a shepherd. And I also took care of a sycamore fig trees. But the Lord took me from tending the flock and said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. Friends, pull the curtain on the church. Pull the curtain on the church. Are you wondering how we spend our money? We'll tell you. Pull the curtain on the church. Are you wondering what, what the leadership does with the time that we have? Pull the curtain. Ask us. Figure it out. Take a deep dive. Are you wondering if the truth that we are sharing is something that we believe in ourselves? Pull the curtain. Get to know some of us. There are a lot of religions or organizations that discourage questions. They don't want you to pull the curtain. <laughs> they don't want you to see what's really happening behind the scenes because what you would find is that just like the claim is against Amos, it's hollow. There's no special revelation. Pull the curtain on this church and you're going to be able to find that everything that we say up here is what's, it's, it's what's behind the curtain. Pull the curtain on the church and the faith. If that is anything that's holding you back in receiving Jesus as that Savior in your life, figure out what's really going on around here. I dare you. Investigate. Push. We welcome it with open arms. One of our values, one is that we share one table. One is that we dare to follow the vision of Jesus. But the third one, we are real people searching for real faith. Pull back the curtain. If you think there's anything hocus pocus, anything that's smoke and mirrors, prove it. Pull back the curtain. Because if you do this, if you pull back the curtain, then our, oh, we know what's going to happen. You're going to come face to face with Jesus himself. That is what makes the church so important in our world today is because it doesn't exist for itself. It exists so that when people come in and they interact in the community of faith, they eventually aren't talking to a person or hearing a preacher. They are eventually face-to-face -face with the reality of Jesus. Pull back the curtain on the church. It's not about the church anyways. There must come a time in each of our walks of faith when we even transcend the witness of the church. It only becomes a means to that next end, which is you with the Lord Jesus. Not the one who would just medicate you to keep you happy enough throughout life, but the one who is claimed to be your Savior. Let's pray. Lord, our ask is that you would encourage us, that you would um, push us even to push that you would ask us and invite us to pull back the curtain and if there's anything that's holding us back into discovering you lord help us to to just run through those barriers and to push on them lord give us what we need today so that we can find in you our saving
the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Good morning, church family. I challenge you to take that challenge. I, I definitely have been pulling the curtain back myself, and I can attest it's been challenging at times but it's also surprising and refreshing, and it's such a, a different way from the world. The world's hard. The world's a struggle. And there's hard things to face, for sure, but there's also beautiful things to discover. And that's what excites me. That's what makes me glad that I found the courage, and I'm gonna have to keep finding that courage. So now is a time of offering. Um, I'm gonna ask you all to make your offerings now or let's think about those ways in our life that we can offer i'm going to say a little prayer for us so bow your heads dear heavenly father thank you for this church thank you for our leadership here and thank you for giving us the opportunity to connect with you what a precious gift Lord, it is amazing that you are living and here among us and you have such wisdom that you're willing to share with us, that you want to invest with us, you want to walk with us. All those days when I was lonely, knowing you now, it makes it so much more precious. So Lord, thank you for that. And now I pray over us in our church. I pray that with the offerings we receive, Lord, that you multiply those so that we can invest in our leadership here. We can invest in our community and programs like Urban Promise and the Family Rescue Center, those missions that are so precious to us and allow us to extend our reach within this community and within the world, Lord. Help us all here to be vessels in which those blessings can flow whether it be with a contribution of time, our gifts, our skills, or our financial contributions, Lord. We thank you for those things that you bless us with. I pray all this in the